Thank you very much, everybody. No my harumai to the Faku podcast, which invites you and people from all walks of life to converse about various access to equity within the context of Aotearoa. We invite you and our guests today, which we're so excited for, to share lived experiences in an effort to identify common threads within support systems, social networks, and knowledge that uplifts the collective human experience. Kelsey, what's our season two? Season two question is what does equity and knowledge look like for various communities coexisting within one society? My yeah. name is Ma- <laughs> <laughs> Just little things, Big, little things. Just a little <laughs> My name is Maluseo and people use he, him pronouns for me. Um, my name is Kelsey and I use they, them pronouns. And we make an effort of not introducing our people and we want them to introduce themselves. So this is... Kia ora whanau. Uh, my name is Jeremy, and I use he, him pronouns. Kia ora, Jeremy. Oh, kia ora, so kia good. Ora. I'm so, so excited for this conversation. Um, can you finish the sentence, I am, and whatever comes after that for you? I am a father and a composer and a thinker and a doer of things. Is this your thinking pose too? Yeah, always. <laughs> Stroke your beard. I grew it out just for thinking. The long, <laughs> so I can think longer thoughts. <laughs> so good. <laughs> no, literally, that's why I haven't cut my hair and I haven't shaved because I'm like, look, when I finish my master's, this will all out. I'll figure out what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> It's a thing. It's a thing, and I, I like. I, I think I feel like anyone who's going through their masters, which a lot of people um, market as like the so a masters is me search, and the PhD is actually the 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 one for your community is the we search. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, in my me search, I'm gonna outgrow my hair, and there's a lot of people that actually it's a trend. There's a lot of males and and in, and females as well. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of energies that 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 grow their hair. Well, so was that was was that the same with you, or was that completely yeah. different? Yeah, I I grew my, well. I've always had various forms of facial hair, but um, yeah, last time I shaved was in April twenty ten, so just before I got married, and I just started my PhD journey, and um, I grew my beard from there with the express purpose of looking like a wizard when I graduated because you wear the robes and the floppy hat and stuff, and I was like, this is gonna be glorious. Um, so yeah, I, <clears throat> I went from a kind of really short beard and a mohawk at the start of my PhD to like full like locks and beard at the end of the five years. Do you have pictures I... of this? Yeah. 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 Oh my God, please, please. Can you show us after? That'd be yeah, yeah, so definitely. good. <laughs> so good. And so because we're, we're, we're very much focused on community and, 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 um, and you know, we, we always um, do privilege and say that, you know, this podcast is about community um, and advocating um, community voices. Um, could you please enlighten us to three communities that you either add value to or they add value to yourself, to, to your journey? Um, okay. Uh, so I think that um, a, a big part for me is the, the community of my whanau and friends. Um, and and that that kind of connection with people and connection with people at at all levels of life and and whether it's just kind of getting together for a drink and a chat or whether it's helping to move house or it's like making art together or, or whatever that that is a um a reciprocal thing I think that is as much for me as it is for them I hope um the other community that I think I connect deeply with would be the arts community and as part of my I mean that's been kind of throughout my life but particularly so in my current role and and the work that I'm doing um with Creative Waikato and 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 how that functions in an advocacy space for the people that I'm connected with throughout the region um and I think um beyond that I mean my background is as an educator as a as a teacher as an academic and so I think that um, part of that is in supporting um, learners, and I like within those kind of within those frameworks, but also just kind of more generally in 
I um, have always been curious about everything. And if there's an opportunity to support people within their own curiosity, then that's that's really kind of fascinating. So, um, yeah, I feel a deep kind of connection in that space. That support and curiosity is the one for me. That is, yeah, I think in society it's so easy for people to be like, you have to know what you want to do and then we'll support you to get to that point. But support and curiosity to explore and to seek and to adventure is really, I really appreciate it. Well, yeah, well, I mean, like, like life is not a destination. It's yeah. it's like a, a journey with a bunch of little weird stops and pivots and tangents along the way. So the, like, knowing what you want to do is a kind of, like, fascinating thing. But I think it's also, like, a like it's a, a previous generation thing where, like, you would go through a schooling system that was designed to yeah. get you into a job and you'd work in that job for 30, 40 years or whatever and then you'd retire and that was the system and that's how it worked and that's that's not going to be the lived reality for people moving forward because there's robots that are going to do things, there's AI that is going to do, like there's a whole bunch of that kind of work that's going to be taken from us because we don't need to be doing that and so then mm-hmm. we can have the time to to connect and to explore and to be a part of an active part of a community that is more than just like doing the job it's like being and and connecting and that's really fascinating I think also because my path has always been through the arts or connected to the arts that's also true of being and being an artist is that it's not you don't sort of get the job in the art factory that you then make art for the rest of your life and your salary is paid like the gigs are different and like each month is different and like it's fluid and it's it's flexible and it's it's got to you've got to be curious about it to want to pursue it because it's like it's a weird journey and I think that that's that's what keeps life interesting and so I think that like it's the realization that we all have access to a kind of a knowledge and a and a view of the world and a a lens that we can apply to whatever it is that we're doing and if we can help people to unlock that for themselves that will make the world more and more fascinating and interesting Mm. yeah I'm really interested as well. Can you stretch it out as well? Because you said unlock for themselves. What do you mean by this? I mean, like, not, there's like, facts and knowledge are different. And like, so we we can learn facts and you can teach facts and like, that's all fine. But like, we all have a phone and you can Google that shit. And like, as long as you know how to like, read and like reflect critically to like make your way through the noise and nonsense of the internet to find the kind of nuggets of 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 truth um that's like the fact knowing is not so much the kind of important thing but the knowledge is the kind of understanding how to navigate within that and so knowing how to how to think how to kind of take things in and critically reflect them and weigh them up and pull them through your your journey and know that while we all share so many similarities we also share so many differences that emerge from the fact that we have different lived experiences and so the way that I perceive anything is always going to be filtered through that prism I, I there's an idea that like human beings aren't really we're not mirrors but we're like transforming prisms. So light goes in one way and then exits kind of refracted and colorful and like through the, all these different kind of lenses and, and angles. And so if we can help people to kind of unlock what it is, what, what makes them like kind of tick, what is the thing that makes them like really resonate or um, spark, like spark joy. <laughs> Um, those are the things that become really kind of fascinating and, and become 
the things that we can help our communities along with. And so the more we have those kind of different viewpoints and, and different this kind of different realization that we all have kind of knowledge within us, but we all have the stuff that we, it's weird because you, you, so much of the stuff you, you, you kind of unlock rather than learn. So it's intrinsically somewhere. What or how that manifests, I, that, that's beyond my kind of possible knowledge. But it's there, and I know that it's there because I've been fortunate enough to have been enabled to unlock that. And so it's how we can work with whomever we're with to provide, or not even provide, just to kind of like shine a light on that thing. And be like, it's there, but you've got to do the work to kind of find it or to unlock it or to, to seek the magic. And I think like that's true of so many things. And I think when, like, when I think about the way people engage with, um, with the, with the arts, um, this is, I always kind of go back to that lens because that's kind of where things sit for me. But the, the way that we experience art, is is a thing that we kind of have is a journey we have to go on and so if i think about if you're going to a classical music concert for the first time and you go to it and you're like this doesn't make sense to me what doesn't make sense to you is the three pieces that were in that thing not classical music as a whole or not visual art or not theater or not any of those things and what it is is like there is art for everyone but not all art is for everyone and this is this this distinction, and it's that like when we think about public art or we think about any kind of artwork, it's like it's not that one might not be for you, but there is one. You've just got to find it, and that is where like artists and, and creative people who are kind of unpicking what it means to to be human and to be present and to reflect the world around us provide this kind of like spark of magic that is like true just magic ultimately where if you find the one that resonates with you the one that like that's my that's the thing that is me that that resonates with what it means for me to be human that unlocks something but yeah not everyone not every piece that you experience is going to be that and you've got to commit to kind of going to it because then when you find that magic it's like holy shit like that thing is doing something to me that I can't convey in words. And I mean, w that's true of all art. And most, most people will have an engagement with it through music where like you find that music that you listened to that like speaks to your soul, that speaks to what it means to be you. And it doesn't like, how can that be? And like, what is that? That's, Ultimately, like, that's just vibrating air molecules. And that's what's crazy. Like, when you think about recording, that recorded music that we listen to is contained in either a vinyl, which is just like a wave that's been transcribed into a piece of material, or it's digital and it's a bunch of zeros and ones, that they make a speaker move in and out. That's it. It's a simple vibration. And that makes the air molecules around you vibrate and that makes your eardrums vibrate and that makes you cry. Like, what? what is that? That's crazy. Because it's just vibrating energy that can make you feel the deepest things or can unlock your, kind of, your past or your connection to one another or it becomes the soundtrack to where you met the person that you that you love or it it like helped you kind of deal with heartbreak or it was the thing that like connected you with your grandmother or it was the thing that you had fun like singing along to with your kids like all of those things 
are unique to you but are also kind of open to everyone and that's where we kind of can unlock this knowledge through these kind of connections or these kind of pathways that that enable stuff yeah there there's so much in that what do is there a particular piece that unlocked something for you like I know that I have a I have a piece that really resonated when I was in high school. But I'm curious if there's, if there's anything. There's lots of little things. There's lots of yeah. little things. I mean, it's that interesting thing where for me, like I learned piano from a young age. Like my um my parents were really interested in that. My my mum had played piano and had been a piano teacher, um, but my dad hadn't and he felt like he missed something so he was like really kind of um proactive in putting me and my siblings into like music lessons and dance lessons and things like that so I learned piano and 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 did that um and then when I went to high school I learned like drums and bass and harmonica and a bunch of other things and like composed but then went through high school and got to the end of high school and I was like okay cool like this has been fun but now I'm going to go and study law and so I like I enrolled to do law and like this is it like I'm, that, this seems like a really sensible job and I'm going to like have the career and I'm going to do these things and I had to apply for oh I was applying for a scholarship and I had to write one page on why I wanted to be a lawyer and I couldn't I couldn't write it I tried I couldn't lie my way through it I was like okay this is something this means something and so I then enrolled to do a Bachelor of Arts so I could major in music because that was the thing that I was really passionate about, but also did theatre and film. Um, and then that's, like, from there, that's me to here, basically. Like, this is the, the kind of journey, the, the unlocking. And so the the music that really resonated with me was so many different things. And, like, so, some of the first... I mean, I, I remember remember really loving like Michael Jackson when that came out in the eighties, like Bad and Beat It and all those kind of things. Um, but the first music that I bought myself was um, blues music, which is super weird for a like Pakeha white kid in Hamilton. <laughs> like. There's, there's no rational reason for that to have been the thing that you did with me. Like, th- this music that was of, like, oppressed black Americans and particularly the kind of um, electric blues stuff, like, from Chicago, but, like, any kind of blues music, there was just something about it that... I just love listening to it and then that kind of sent me on a pathway through like jazz and funk and stuff but then outside of that would be like some classical music stuff and like um like uh Debussy and Satie and and then kind of on on my journey through um uh like university and stuff started to explore like things minimalism with Steve Reich and Philip Glass and um film score stuff and and then really got into hip hop and like was DJing and making beats and like it, there's, there's just so many things. I'm just like fascinated by sound and the way like I you know those people are like oh yeah I listen to anything like I'll listen to anything like I will listen like and I know that there's stuff within within any style of music or any genre that will resonate with me and there's stuff that won't and there's also value in listening to the stuff that you don't resonate with because Mm. there's something within that that illuminates something about you i mean when we think about like the whole idea of of like like that we like something or we dislike something it's such a kind of weird thing where it's like there's no qualification for that other than like i don't like that it doesn't there's no there's no real specific sense of logic or like it's just like i've listened to it i don't like it but i like that i like that but then that sense of like can change as well so we we mm-hmm. kind of treat it as it's like this this is this is this concrete thing 
And it's like, no, nah, maybe you just don't like it now, but in five years, like you come back to it, you're like, oh man, I really like that. It's like, okay, cool. This is all about how we kind of unpick our journey and how that resonates with us. And um, and so the unpicking what it is that you don't like can be really useful, particularly as an artist. And so if I listen to music that I don't like, and I'm like, what is it? What is it actually that I don't like about this? Like, what is the thing? Is it is it the sound? Is it the lyric? Is it the rhythm? Is it like what is it that isn't doing it for me? That's quite fascinating because it's like okay, so that's a thing that I'm not going to do mm. in my own work because mm. that's not like so. I mean, when you're creating or when you're kind of going on a journey, like the possibilities, like everything is there. You can do all of the things. So what's important is what you don't do mm. so i if i don't right, do this, say that I, one more time i feel like i didn't catch that because i feel like that's a that's a moment it's like so in anything what's important is what you don't do like what's important is uh, the, the notes you don't play mm. 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 because that that's what makes the the character of anything the colors that you don't paint, the 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 ingredients you don't use when you're cooking that meal, like that's one. Like, yeah, mm. putting the right things in, but like when you know you've got like a sh- a shelf uh, a spice drawer that's got every spice, like you don't put all of them in. <laughs> Imagine if you did the yeah. <laughs> big cross. <laughs> so I have all of these options. I'm just going to put everything in all of the yeah. time. All of the time, all of it, all of the time. <laughs> that's. I feel like that's a really potent perspective right there because mm. it, 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 it then expands your perspective of being like, actually, this is a choice. Like, this is purposeful, intentful things to, to, to pick these specific ingredients, these specific notes to add value to the world or to express what's what's coming through for me or what's being inspired through me in, in an art in an art form is that what you're or is that is that yeah. am i on the yeah yeah, yeah. It's essentially yeah because it's like we, if you go into to create something you you yeah you could do anything you could mm-hmm. sit down and, and make whatever you want but what you make is like filtered through your lived experience and through your own kind of um, your own biases and the things that you like and the things that you don't like and the thing that you most listened to. And even, like, sometimes the things that we make are in spite of the thing that we just did. So it's like, I want to do a thing that's completely opposite to the thing that I did before. Or yeah. I want to do a th- like, everyone loves this type of thing, so I'm going to do the complete opposite of that thing. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it's like, it's, you're kind of playing in that, that negative space or that... that yeah, the gaps mm. and and finding kind of where those gaps resonate. And then as you're kind of learning and kind of unpicking where that knowledge sits for you, you could try and make things. And if it falls flat, it's like, what is the bit that kind of made it not be the thing that you wanted it to be? Because then mm. those gaps become interesting. And so like, what are in those gaps and how do we kind of draw from them to to make the connections, to kind of build our our web of activity. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's, it's a... Yeah, you've talked about like that unpacking and the unpicking of um, like our spaces and the world around us. What are, what are some of the tools or skills or people that you tap in when you're doing that? Hmm. Um, or is that like a solo journey for you? Uh, I mean, it, uh, it's funny because there is a lot of it that is a solo journey. And that is um, because like the thing that I'm processing is, is me. It's me to me. And it, it, like it, I have to kind of come to terms with that. Yeah. But the way that you might come to terms with that is through like, fascinating conversations with like intelligent people like this conversation that I'm fortunate enough to be a part of or it's in collaboration it's in working on something so for me a large part of my art making my creative practice is collaborative and it's Mm -hmm. collaborative 
outside of the field that I work with as well. So like I will work with other musicians and that's interesting, but actually I'll work with an author or a poet or a visual artist or a dancer or um, a cocktail maker or a baker or a perfumer. And like, okay, so what what is it in what they do that can resonate with the thing that I do or how can I stretch the thing that I do to link in with the other things because it was probably like kind of coming through the end of my PhD journey and into I spent a couple of years as the composer in residence at Otago University and in that time really kind of came to this realization that and again like should have been super obvious but like the human experience is multisensory mm. all of the time. Mm. And like mm. Mm. wherever you are at any point of the day, you are having a multisensory experience Thanks. and you are aware of the thing that you are touching and smelling and hearing and tasting and seeing. And that is constant. And mm. we, I mean, obviously, like, there are some people who have some of those senses that have been removed, but still the senses that are accessible to them, they are experiencing the world through all of those things at all of the time. Mm. Just most of the time that's not specifically curated because it's just Ooh. happenstance. It's like whatever we kind of stumble across or the chair that happens to be in the room that we're in and we can taste the leftover coffee taste in our mouth from like the coffee we had at 10 o'clock in the morning and the guy who's talking to you is just droning on and so you're in class and it's boring as hell and you're uncomfortable and the taste is terrible and that's the experience and all of those things become linked Mm -hmm. and all of those things become kind of linked to memory and, and to meaning and to things so then if I'm working as an artist what are the things that I can do to curate the experience that means that like yeah okay i'm a musician and i work with sound but what if that sound had a visual component and a smell component and a taste component and we change the environment where you sit to touch or to feel the experience what does that do for your engagement with the work Mm. beautiful and so kind of had gone through this this journey where I do the thing that I do, but I do that with other people to kind of play with like, what, how does the sound smell? Mm, 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 and what mm. does that mean? Mm. And it will mean different things to different people and the way that you present it creates different things. And so for me, a big part of the work that I do is like, I'm trying to say something, but what I say and what you get, I don't, really they can be totally separate and i'm Mm. like i'm not concerned if you don't get the thing that i was intending for the most part like there's some things where like there's a really clear specific intent and it's part of a narrative (laughs) that is what it is but like for the most part there's a thing that i'm creating and i'm creating with someone else or a group of people and we've talked about it and we've got a kind of shared understanding of what that is but however that resonates with you if it resonates with you great and whatever that unlocks for you, whatever that kind of helps you to unpick in terms of your own reflections or things like that's the the best outcome. Because it like it's all about you finding your own connection to this stuff. Yeah, yeah I think kind of plays into or I can see the connection between what you said there around intention versus whatever the other person gets out of it but also what you were saying before about the prism of the you know the light comes in this way and then refracts is that the word refracts and reflects out in different ways and you have this intent to to shine this light in this particular way but the way that it's received and the way that it's experienced by people is dependent on what their prism looks like i think that's Mm. really beautiful totally Totally. I mean, that that was one of the, the key realizations of my my PhD. So, oh my, wow, my PhD was in um, creating a system for hybrid genre music. So basically, I wanted to 
prior to that point, I had lived multiple separate lives. And so there was like the Jeremy that was the classical music composer who wrote notes on a page and gave it to people to play. And then there was the Jeremy who played in like jazz bands and like punk bands and things and kind of did that kind of stuff. And then there was a Jeremy who like produced records for other people and like made pop songs and things. And then there was the Jeremy who was like a DJ and like played hip hop clubs and did all this stuff. And so there was like these kind of different iterations of myself that like in this space, I'm this, and in this space, I'm this, and in this space, I'm this person. And I do these things and I behave in these ways. And so I was like, like, I need to not be multiple people. I can just be one, one person. And so what can I do to create something that allows me to draw from all of these things that are interesting to me and create something? And so I create, created this system where you could, I could take musical genres and kind of break them down into their component parts and lay them on a table and then create a new, essentially a new genre by, I'll take this bit of this one and this bit of this one and this bit of this one, and I'm going to create a kind of balanced hybrid where before if like people had combined genres together, it was more one thing with a little bit of something else, like like prog rock. It's like rock music with a little bit of kind of like jazz and classical or jazz fusion was like jazz music with a little bit of rock in it. And so this was like, how do I do this thing that is like equally classical music and blues music and electronica? Can I do that? Like, is that a thing that is possible? And so I wrote a bunch of music and, and, and did that. And one of the realizations was that I can intend it to be that, but the experience of it is never going to be that. Because it is a balanced hybrid for me because of my understanding of the music that I've listened to and the way those genres work. Mm. But if you haven't had that same listening experience, you are going to hear the thing totally differently. Mm. And you're going to hear the either the bits that are really familial to you, they're going to stick out, or the bits that are completely unfamiliar to you are going to stick out. And that's going to skew your perception of whatever this thing is. So I could write this music and give it to um, the drummer in the band who's like a rock musician who didn't read. And he's like, man, this is the craziest stuff I've ever, pl ever played. Like, it's super weird. It's whatever. And then I give it to like a classical musician. And they're like, wow, this is like really kind of straight. And like, it's like doing this kind of like really kind of predictable thing. And it's like, how can one thing be doing both of those? Mm. Well, that's because it's about the knowledge and the experience that's connected to those people. And it doesn't negate the fact that like it was intending to be this because it still is that for me. But also their lived experience and their knowledge that they bring to that piece is also relevant and is also interesting. Um, and so, so long as I can get over the fact that like I have these grand schemes and they didn't like, that's fine. And so <laughs> like, cool. Like I'll throw that away <laughs> and just focus on the making. Then, then we're in a good space. <laughs> Just spent five years reflecting on this and critically analyzing it with all the different literature reviews. But all right, cool, whatevs. <laughs> I mean, like, it's still, like, ultimately it's about making music and the music oh. that I made still makes sense and it still does the thing. But it's just, like, that's a really, that was a really kind of fascinating realization is that, like, ultimately it doesn't matter. Mm. Because you're, crea you're creating... I'm, I make stuff because like it's interesting to me and it makes my life more interesting and I hope it makes other people's lives more interesting and if if it does great if it doesn't it maybe wasn't for you and someone else is doing that music for you and that's cool as well and so I think in going through that process and, and like the journey of the PhD was like mad it's just like so there's so much in that and like ups and downs and like weird realizations but then getting to this point now where it's like okay i just make the things that i want to make and i don't dwell on them for too long mm. and and i don't know maybe that's a good thing or a bad thing i don't know it works for mm. me mm -hmm. and and that that's enough yeah
and that like realization of you know it might be experienced in a different way was there any kind of like personal deconstruction you had to do around like I want to say the word ego but I don't know if that's quite the right vibe but like yeah that's definitely I mean that 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 would make a lot of sense and there's a lot in all art forms but like definitely within classical music around the ego of the creator and the like uh, it ties into that whole myth of like the kind of tortured genius like the like mm. the, this idea of like you're sitting alone and you, you you've been gifted by the muses and you emerge with this kind of masterwork it's just just absolute horseshit like it, <laughs> it is. like the starving it, artist bullshit eh? oh I hate it i literally feel like you can insert spirituality into that um, that and it'll say the same thing yeah. it'll it'll it, like i agree 100 percent, and a lot of other different focado as well yeah yeah and so it's like i think that i've i mean probably it's it, certainly at some point it, it, in, in my younger career like i was i made this thing and this is this is me and not so much anymore and mm-hmm. i i can't i can't pinpoint exactly when that happened because it feels like that's the way i've been making for so long yeah um but like i know that like there is some stuff that exists at some point where it like wasn't about that but now um i'm really i think pursuing collaborative making is about building a community of people and so it's about sharing ownership and it's sharing that creative process and it's sharing what that is so then the idea that if someone gets something different uh, out of it doesn't really matter because it's not about me yeah and so I think that that has become a big part of the way that I that I work and I think in also working kind of in improvisational spaces so making art in a moment um has unpicked a lot of that for me as well um and i think part of that comes from time spent working with matua richard nuns um and and creating stuff together there and and through him meeting horomana and then the journey that we've been on for the last 12 years and kind of what what that is which is just very much about like we each do different things but but together that's so much stronger and and it's a it's not about who did what or who, who controlled like it's just like we do this thing together and this is what it is and it's a it's a partnership and it's collective and it's that's an experience and it's an experience that equally kind of places the work that we both do at the forefront to unlock things for people that they might not even realize is there to be unlocked and like we've ha- had those experiences a-, a number of times where um like i had did one show with richard at wakato university and had someone come up to me afterwards like i didn't expect to like that but <laughs> but that was like transformative wow. i'm like like, uh, thank you for your honesty, because, like, yeah. I don't expect everyone to like yeah, this, because, like, this is unusual stuff. But, like, thank you for coming up and sharing that with me. Like, that means a lot. And, like, we were performing in um, in New York, and the, afterwards this guy came up to me, came up to us and goes, like, like, I don't, he's, like, I'm, like, from, like, from the states i've lived in the states the whole time like this is me this is where i'm at like i was born here but you took me home and it's like he's like i didn't i don't know what that is but listening to you play and listening to what horror does it like and the way that that kind of combined together is like you you took me home like that's there's something kind of magical about that, and I, mm. I like I can't count, claim any ownership over that. 
because that's just like that moment of being present in that space and making this thing resonated with him in a way that unlocked some things that like there's not like there's like I I don't control that mm. we can only be present and we can only just kind of give of this thing and and hope that it connects and I think when I come back to like this kind of idea of ownership or ego or whatever I think the other thing that I've made a big part of my music when I've like written scored music for other performers is I typically put the kind of bare minimum on the page because I want to hear what they bring to it mm. yes and so with a lot of classical music like everything is prescribed like how you play it the way you play it the volume you play it at the tempo you play it at kind of all of that stuff is locked in and you as the performer do your best to bring that thing to life mm. and so with the performers that i work with i'm like yeah i haven't put hardly any of that like the notes are there and like where it fits within the context of the music is there so the tempo is there but like how you shape the line and the volumes and kind of where it sits unless if it like is specifically supposed to be like this is really loud this is really quiet all of that other nuance like that's you that's what you bring to this and so it means that while when the piece is played by different people it's still the same piece but it's altered by people mm. and so it has these kind of multiple iterations and multiple lives that again is interesting to me mm. like that's a like i don't know it's a personal thing that like brings joy to me but then i hope is also unlocks some things for performers to like feel confident and like moving in those spaces or um yeah i don't i don't know again like it, it's just about kind of setting some intentions and seeing where they kind of land um and that becomes really interesting so we can kind of like yeah i've definitely like the stuff that i make is made by me and it sounds like it's made by me but it's made with other people and like the, i'm less precious about who owns the thing or what are they like that's not for me i just make because i want to make mm. Mm. when you say that of like it's made by me and that it kind of uh like that's like intrinsic knowledge to you right like how how does that intrinsic knowledge live in your body or like sorry i'm losing my voice mm. or um like express through your body like, what is the knowledge that you hold in your body and in your mind and your heart and your soul? Yeah. Hmm. Um, that's a hard one to unpack because it's... It's sort of just intrinsically there. Mm. And... And I, I guess that's what, what I mean about, like, un, unlocking it or untapping it is that the way that I shape the work that I make or the way that I improvise certainly comes from somewhere and and comes from all the things that I've listened to and the work that I've made previously and stuff. Mm. But it's this kind of like iterative thing that has become something that I don't necessarily kind of know where it comes from specifically other than that it's there and that I've built the practice where I can kind of tap into it relatively freely um which wasn't always the case um but but I can kind of find the kind of pathway in um and and draw upon that and try to and it's about i think it's about trying to be trying to be kind of present in the space that i'm working in and kind of what the thing is for so sometimes if you're making work in response to something it's in service of that 
Mm. And so it's not about making the best music. It's about making the best music for that context. Mm-hmm. And that context may shift and change. Um, and it may be have kind of different purpose. But it's a... Yeah, it's a it's a fascinating kind of thing to unpick that. And I think when I say like it, it's kind of made by me. I think that the the stuff that I make, regardless of the style of it, sounds like me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know exactly what that is. Like, there are, like, certainly I can recognise it, and there are other people who are familiar with my work who are like, oh, yeah, that sounds like you. And it's like, so there's, there's like stuff that I can that I write, and I'm like, or, or if I have I wrote, wrote something ages ago and I hear it again, and I'm like, oh, where do I know that? Oh, yeah, that sounds like, oh, yeah, that, oh, I wrote that. So that's cool. <laughs> um, so there's, like, I guess kind of stylistic things or, like, um, parts of the sound that, that shape mm-hmm. that, but... I'd like to think, a, yeah, a large part of what it is is just trying to express where I'm at and the how that resonates with the people that I'm with. Um, which, yeah, allows me to... Like, it's, it's really fulfilling for me, but it's also... I, I feel like it's what it tries to have an offer as much as a kind of... It's it's giving and receiving, the that gift of creative energy, and so um, working in a theatre space and kind of playing music for other shows and things, that becomes really fascinating because you're responding to someone else's narrative and just trying to be in service of that mm. and not distract from that. Um, but yeah, we there's so much kind of joy in being part of a community that is supporting one another to tell stories. You, you, you did. So I, I, I feel like I'm being um, inspired by um, what you said in our first um, uh, uh, meeting, was you said that everybody is a storyteller. Can you just explain to, to, to us again, like, what does that actually mean from your worldview and from your perspective? Yeah. Um, I think humans are inherently storytellers. We, we tell stories and we may not necessarily see that as being a creative act, but it is it's how we it's how we share our history it's how we share our views on the day it's it's how we entertain kids and how we like unpack knowledge and we we do that through through story and and story comes in so many forms but it it transcends culture and religion like everyone is every culture every group of people is has their storytellers and some people feel more confident than others in telling those stories or find kind of different pathways to tell those stories but we all will tell stories to one another and to ourselves and to the people that we are connected with and if we can kind of see the uh, I'm a big believer in everyone <clears throat> should have a creative practice. Um, I don't think everyone needs to necessarily be an artist. And those two things are connected, but are, are different. And I think that there's a real value in everyone having access to some form of creative practice. And for some people, that might just be story. And story is beautiful. But we also tell story through other mediums. So we tell story through visual art or through photography or through dance or through music. All of these things kind of tell stories. And we we capture memories. And even 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 in the way that we construct memory is telling stories to aye, ourselves. Aye, 100%. And memory is fascinating. 
in that there are memories that we have that there's no way we could have them but we see them vividly as if they were lived experiences guilty and like this like stuff where like you might have been told a story repeatedly about you, things you did when you were an infant it's like there's no way that you practically have a memory of that uh-huh. but you do and it feels real and it feels like you were there because we've embedded this story in our mind in our mind's eye and in this kind of memory bank and we can shape that that memory and and we change it and it kind of adapts over time and that's like fascinating to like this this kind of perception of how we can kind of shape and craft and curate a perception of self in relation to these things is a really kind of useful and powerful skill set to to feel like you have some kind of understanding about Hmm. um because we're all like we all kind of have we are all the lead role in our own movie um we are the main character in our story um and those stories have ups and downs and sometimes they're a comedy and sometimes they're a tragedy and, and, and whatever that's like it is what it is yeah but we are all that and so we're all always kind of constructing our stories but how we kind of understand them and how we share them becomes it's important um and it's ever-changing and and sometimes we tell different stories to ourselves and sometimes we find resonance with other stories and um yeah it's a fascinating kind of journey that we're all on like from story to story and how those stories kind of intersect and where the characters meet and Mm. um the roles that we play in one another's stories that we may not even be fully aware of (laughs) yeah and like you might be just a tiny little bit part in someone else's story, but you could have a really positive or negative effect on their story, depending on the actions that you do in in your life. Mm-hmm. And so to me, I feel like um, that, that's, that's leading into the question. So thank you so much for that, because I feel like resonates 100%. What are we not talking about when we look at storytelling as as a, as a collective? So, what are what are some of the tension points, or what are some of the concerns in your worldview that we're not actually massively like you know disseminating to the public about storytelling and the capacity to storytell? Like, basically, what's the far cue of storytelling? <laughs> um, uh, I think that. There are a range of things. I mean, I think one of the big issues, like if we think about storytelling in terms of professional art making, we there has been um, historic privilege towards particular types of stories from particular types of communities, um, which don't necessarily resonate with everyone in the same way because they're not seeing themselves in the stories so having more different stories available and accessible can help to illuminate what it means to be human in a range of different capacities and so providing kind of avenues for all our many varied communities to share their stories but also to encourage people from those different communities to hear the different stories of other people as well becomes really important and it's really empowering for young people to see people who look like them and sound like them and in their stories and Mm. that has been happening more and more in the last couple of years Mm -hmm. in a way that hasn't previously but we also 
I mean, we come if we come back to that idea of the kind of like tortured genius or like these kind of like masterworks. We privilege these works, and it, like, don't get me wrong, there are some really kind of stunning, beautiful works, like works of literature, works of music, works of art, mm. all of these things, really powerful, brilliant works. To say that they're like just the best things that were ever created is is just nonsense. Like they are really good and they resonate with people, but they are also that way because people are familiar with them. And they are also that way if you if that aligns with your journey. If it mm. doesn't align with your journey, that's mm. that doesn't mean the same thing to you. And so there's a lot of really interesting creators who are making work now who struggle for that work to be experienced because we do the thing that was written 300 years ago mm. yeah and it's like well maybe we've done that thing enough <laughs> maybe it's time for a new story yeah maybe maybe <laughs> like what does it mean to be a person here and now and how do we how do we communicate that and how do we communicate that through all of the different art forms like what does that look like in in the gallery or in the theater or in the street or in the concert hall what does that mean and and how can we support the telling of those stories in a really meaningful way and like how do we value that because when I think about creative art, creativity, art, culture, that to me is public good. Like that is that is part of the reason why we exist, why societies exist, why we are who we are. And so the valuing of telling those stories should be kind of paramount to what it means to be human but mm. that's not always the case and and maybe that's a that's a system shift that should be coming um how that manifests itself i'm still thinking about and certainly i'm not going to be the one to solve that but <laughs> Are you, or you could. You still have some time in you. Like... Well, I'm, I will contribute to it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, but yeah, there's a kind of reframing of what that means that will help tell the different stories. And, and it's not about... It's not about telling people to tell their stories it's about mm. allowing space for them to voice their own stories like i don't need to be the one to tell anyone else's story yeah i can just be like here is the space for for you to tell your story and, sure. and i'm here i'm here to listen yeah that hits so hard like that is exactly why this podcast even exists is to you know we don't ever talk on an experience that we haven't had ourselves so how can we um create a space where others can come and tell their stories so that we can all feel seen heard and understood um and yeah we're just here to listen we try not to talk too much <laughs> yes. yeah. and we're thankful that you're your your core to me i'll be like um even and and see to me i've like you've already you've literally played around with everything like all of the faku journey because we literally mm. did start off with us of being like okay what's wrong with the what what can't what what don't we see you know and it's and we really started off and we're like yeah it's gonna be a queer um like narrative of and and we're just gonna basically point out everybody else's flaws you know in terms of the <laughs> negative bi negativity bias we were like yeah we had we so when you were saying all of these things i was noting them them down because i'm like 
you've literally spoke like throughout this whole journey within the last 15 minutes you've literally articulated it of being like yes negativity biased and then it's like okay what is the common threads here what are we looking mm. at here and to me it's yeah. it's very much that where we we I feel like me and Kelsey are very much hungry to 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 to, to see what 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 common ground is, if there even is a common ground. Because for a lot of the times, they actually, you know, there, there's purpose in having not no no common ground, and there's also purpose in having common ground. And for us, I feel like we already have the no common ground <laughs> from from mm-hmm. our experience. So we're like, okay, what does yeah. what does seeking common ground look like? Mm. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing to consider, and it, when we consider what the roles that we play in the spaces that we're in, is like acknowledging that we never. I can only represent myself, but I can try to bring to conversations a mindfulness of what other experiences are and when you're in a group of people making decisions to try and know that you you can never have representation from all spaces because you can't and 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 even if you think you have you've still only got like the viewpoints of those people who are in the room no no one is representative of everything Mm. so all you can do is to be mindful of that and to try and make the best decisions that you can mm. with kindness, I think. And 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 know that like yeah, like mistakes will be made and, and things will happen and and we're all on a journey, but if we're we're really trying to proceed with with kindness and positivity and to to share that the potential and and what can be um but knowing that it's a journey and that it will continuously kind of shift and change and 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 new new people will kind of step up and and take leadership and um that's also kind of exciting that's super exciting to see where that that sits and along the way we'll just continue to make things and try and make the world more interesting and and more interesting for me and, and hopefully the more interesting for the people who are on that journey as well um yeah totally resonate so totally many, resonate. Oh, so many gems <laughs> thank you so much jeremy for coming through and, and sharing your stories with us um and being willing to jump in on <laughs> this podcast because we ain't about the shallow waters so uh, <laughs> being able to jump right in we really really appreciate that and, and the koha that you've gifted not only us but all the people that are listening as well so thank you very much if people want to connect with you how can they do that what is the best way for people to connect um probably on facebook it's Jeremy yeah. Mal Composer. Has a bunch of stuff on there. Um, or like just come into Creative Waikato and have a chat. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Um, are there any, like, is there anything else that you want to plug in? Events, um, <laughs> upcoming album release of you or Wolfgang. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, always working on new music. Um, yeah, there's. Um, Bits and pieces coming out all the time. Wolf's working on a new album, which is cool. Yeah. Um, his third third album. And uh, God, amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff online. Uh, the best place to find it is yeah through Facebook. I share all the stuff there, um, okay. links to different projects and and events. Uh, it's hard to know when we're going to be having events again, but at some point soon, mm. hopefully. Mm. Yeah. Um. And you haven't, you haven't, you haven't felt the urge to, to move everything online so that everyone can watch. Oh, we st- yeah, I do shows online. So, um, had had a show a couple of nights ago, um, Facebook Live, um, perf- performing with a friend of mine in Brisbane. So, like, um, that was cool. cool. Um, talking with 
put him on a, and Regan about doing a show sometime in the next week. Um, please, please. So that'll, that'll be be something, a little, and, little treat. Is that your trinity? Because I feel like everything always works in threes. And I have personally, um, like, every time I'm, I'm with a trinity kind of like this, um, something potent always happens. So is that your tr- trinity with Horomona and um, Regan, was it? Yeah, so uh, Regan is um, Horomona's partner. She, oh yes, yes, yes. Um, that is one of them. Yeah, there's a bunch of different ones, mm. and um, I think that that's what's super exciting. I think about being a collaborative art maker is that like I get to work with so many different people, and that's really fascinating because each collaboration shows you something, and and it helps to. Um, unpick things and and to realize that like the that process of creating and that process of kind of going on that journey is continues to be fascinating no matter how long you've been doing it um but also the realization that it's like it's playful and it's fun and it's kind of absorbs time and space in a in a different way to kind of other things um yeah there's a lot. There's a lot kind of in there. There's a lot, a lot to explore. <laughs> As per usual, and like we said, you know that there's. To me, I feel like all through this um, conversation, you've literally plugged it in of being like, and it's weird because it's like the word keeps on coming back. There's a fuck up to everything, and at the same time, the the ingredients or the the notes that you choose, I think there's a fuck up papa to the ingredients, and there's a fuck up papa mm. to like why you are specifically wanting to be intentful about those specific um, choices, and that's why for me I'm like, mm. oh, it make like so to me in terms of fuck papa, I always look at it as like the, the lineage or the route and to the root, the route to the root. And to me, I'm like, yeah, I can totally see how that's been unpacked and or unlocked. So I really like that you use unlocked because unlocked is so much more potent than unpacked because unpacked is is very much because I'm like I've I've read a lot of different things around decolonizing work and blah, 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 and I'm like and reindigenizing and I'm like, oh, like what is something that's actually mana enhancing that doesn't privilege the word, <laughs> you know, or like doesn't segregate? Because I'm like reindigenizing is like literally. Anyone who doesn't identify with the word indigenous, it's just like, that's not for me. Like, it's somebody else's work. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, let's look for something. And unlock for me is something that you've unlocked that word for me where I'm like, that's it. <laughs> that that word can transcend all of the big academic um, jargon. That's awesome. So we're going to end with our jingle. We're going to end with our jingle. So uh, are, you ready? are you ready for our jingle? For our, our last fuck you. Open up your vocals. Come on. <laughs> The fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. The fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you, everyone. Did I just say fuck you? Wow. Thank you so much, everybody.